Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast which we will analyze the history the hype and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Let me tell you a story about the phone that changed my destiny. No, no, that's not me that's and my not girl what we're doing. Just to end up in misery. That's not but the one we're doing. But she was standing no, I in said front no. of me. I said hi. Should have said no. Going to a place nearby. Wanna go? Hello? Hello? I'm pretty sure. I should have said no. Pretty sure. Someone's waiting for me. But call my girl up and say, Man, I. Listen, baby, I'm sorry. Call the day, don't worry. I'll wait. (laughs) You good? We're doing the phone, right? Yeah. That song is called The Call, Noah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And also, that song is called The Call, and it's by the Backstreet Boys, whereas the phone was executive produced by Justin Timberlake of NSYNC. So you are levels of wrong. A parfait of wrong. A wrong parfait? A wrong parfait. Sorry, I'm a wrong parfait. (laughs) New t-shirt coming to the Stay Doomed (laughs) store. You sorry. are a wrong parfait. <laughs> With the matching sorry, I'm a wrong parfait t-shirt. <laughs> oh, God. you know I kind of love wrong parfait. <laughs> um, so we are doing The Phone, which yes. was an MTV reality show that ran six episodes in the spring of 2009. Yes. Uh, it ran April into May. Yes. So I love our shows because it's not like it ran 2009 to 2011. It's, it ran... Uh, Mid-April to the end of May. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, before we get into this uh, reality show on MTV, I think it's only proper that we pour one out. What do you got there, Laura? I have a Pike Place, because the first two episodes take place in Seattle, so I thought it would be fun to make a a coffee-based drink, because Seattle is where Starbucks is from right so i have kalua and then one of those like canned starbucks joints yeah uh, because whenever i didn't i didn't feel like making coffee this morning and then putting it in the fridge yeah we haven't had an interrupting coffee pot on the show since i made a song about it we started recording later in the day yeah how is it it's it's good. It's coffee. All right, I'm gonna take a little sip. I can see guy. based on looking mm. at it though, all the clue is at the bottom. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it'll get fun later. Mmm, that's some nice coffee right there. Ooh, this is actually very nice. Yeah. Uh, what did, what do you have? All right. Uh, while I explain this, I need you to, in your mind's eye, picture a camera very slowly uh, zooming in on me. Ow, my hand. What I have is a Stardust, which is a beer by Elysian. And Elysian is a Seattle brewery. So I just have a beer from Seattle. 
you could say, I really phoned it in. Uh, Which is funny, because I actually Googled a cocktail called the Space Needle, which is in the uh, pilot, and it's blue curacao-based. So I let you have it. Yeah, couldn't be bothered. Um, (laughs) Phone it in it. I could say that I shared the recipe with you instead of keeping it all for myself. Ooh. Boom! Yeah! Let's talk about the phone. So, just so you know, the phone is what we would qualify as a game show versus a reality show. Because we always qualify a reality show as something where the contestants don't change every episode. Yes. So this is new contestants every episode. So we would quantify this as a game show. As a result, we have learned when covering a game show, super repetitive. Yeah. So- uh, game shows are kind of rough in on that level because they do get very repetitive. And that's something I want to talk about at the end of this episode when we talk about game shows and what their purpose is. So we're going to pretty much deep dive the first episode for you, and then we'll give you the main beats of the next episodes. But we're not going to go into main details because we'll be explaining the same thing over and over and over again. So let's jump into the phone. Yes. So the first episode, we meet the operator, who is Emmett Scanlon. How you doing, love? Um, I'm into it. Uh, He is best known for the... Uh, soap opera Hollyoaks. Yes. And... And Peaky Blinders. Yeah, and he sounds like a man who's in Peaky Blinders. Yes. You were like, would you be surprised to know he's in Peaky Blinders? And I'm like, that's literally the least surprising thing you could have told me. (laughs) Um, He was not the first choice for the operator. Yeah? Yeah, the first choice for the operator who could not get out of his contract because he was a Big Brother alum was Jesse Goddard's Better known as Mr. Pectacular. Oh, they were going to make Jesse... Di- I, I cannot even imagine this. Yeah, that that's... Sometimes you and I will talk. I'll go, ooh, and you'll go, what? And I'm like, saving it for the customers. Yeah, so Jesse was, I believe, season two of Big Brother. And he went on to be a uh, TNA Impact Tag Team Champion with, I believe... I believe he was Jesse E, and he tagged with Robbie E, uh, who is now Joaquin Wild in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's back with Ohio Valley Wrestling now. He started there. And he's he's currently- in OVW right now. Yes, he is. Oh, get out! Uh, but yeah, he's super buff dude. But like, he's currently the tag champ of OVW with Tony Gunn. He's totally just like a bro. Like he doesn't have this like smooth Irish accent. That the operator currently has. I, this show would definitely not work with Mr. Pectacular as the operator. Well, uh, he had, he'd been in some MTV things he'd done next and he got offered uh, the phone and then he just couldn't take it because he was under contract to CBS for Big Brother related things. Okay, because I know he's come back a few times. On Big Brother. Yeah, He's done he like was, all stars or whatever. Yeah, so he was doing a lot of that and therefore just couldn't do it. But he was the first choice. He was approached by MTV. So that was the first thing I kind of wanted to look at was like, oh, okay, that's that's fun. And this is already like, it became a very different show. Yes. So we meet Mina Mathis and Danielle Barnum. And 
Uh, they knew to go to a location and wait for a phone call. And yes. this is the only episode they do this. Every other episode, they're a little smarter about it. But in this, both Mina and Danielle seem bewildered that there's a call for them. In every other episode, they establish, like, you know, you were here to wait for a call. Yes. In the, all the other ones, it says, like, you were told to wait for a phone call. Uh, and... Like, they find the phone in, like, a trash can or taped under a table or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this one, yeah, they they make that a little bit clearer. And they're asked the the question that all contestants are asked. uh, If you'd like your chance to win $50,000, press 1 now. Hello? Hello? Is this Danielle Barnum? Yes, it is. Is this Mina Mathis? Yeah. Who's this? I'm watching you. Oh, my God. Three months ago, you signed up for a mysterious game. The only thing you knew was to show up at this location and wait for my call. This is it. If you want a chance to win $50,000, press 1. Uh, so the two of them need to... They, they witness a car bombing. Yeah, a car explodes in front of them. And then they need to print off pictures of likely suspects. Well, one of them prints off pictures. The other one has to take pictures with the phone. Yes. Because they're like right. Danielle needs to print off pictures and Mina needs to take pictures with her cell phone. Yes. And then we meet our other two contestants, Joel and Delvon. Yes. And they need to get the respective teammates. Joel is with Mina and Delvon is with Danielle away from their current tasks. Yeah. Into a cab. Yes. Because... Cops are coming or something. Yes. And Danielle and Mina both don't want to follow the men. Yeah. Because they're randos trying to drag you away. And they don't know any. They don't know that they're their teammate yet. Because they aren't yeah. allowed to say it at that time. They're like, you can't tell her what, you, what you've heard in this call. So Joel goes like full action hero and almost just drags Mina out. Like, grabs her hand and, like, just kind of goes, like, go, 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 go. hmm And they are successful, and they go first. So they win this challenge. Yeah. Delvon and Danielle also do make it into the cabin time, but they're a right. little slower. So Joel and Nina win $10,000. Was it 10 or was it 5? Um, I think it was 10, but I don't actually have it written down. Okay, I, I, I believe the first one's usually 5, and then the next one's usually 10, but... It's, it's not always consistent. And the amount of money doesn't really matter. Does not really matter. Uh, it adds up to 50 every episode. They don't yeah. always get all of it. So they then are told to go to a boat yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a note here that someone says, don't be scared. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> don't be scared. It's okay. <laughs> Did you just blow up a car? What are you going to do to us? That we go over the women's strengths. And the men's weaknesses. Yes. The operator tells us... Mina and Joel. Mina, 23 years of age, a pastry chef. Needs the money to open up her own store. Tends to trust people too easily. Could prove a liability. Her teammate, Joel. 22 years of age, security guard. Tough kid. With a soft heart. Afraid of fire, guns and heights. He's gonna love me. Daniel Barnum, 23 years of age, a photographer, loves the pressure. Will stop at nothing to win the money. Shares a competitive streak with Delvon, her teammates. 
as students, hates confined spaces, claustrophobic, you might say. Interesting. Yes. So, so you know those things are going to figure in. Yeah. Uh, the During this section, it's like them in the cab yeah. going, and the operator is watching from, like, a van yeah. with these two other lackeys we don't get to know very well. Yeah, it's the same two people. Yeah. But they are never important, they are never named, and they never speak. Well, he's always saying stuff like, you better keep an eye on this one. It's like, well, what's he going to do? <laughs> like, why is he keeping it? All right, whatever. And on top of that, like, they attempt to create this idea that the camera that is capturing all this is hidden. Yeah. And thus that the contestants don't know that they're currently being filmed. That's kind of the vibe they're going for. Because, like, the shot will come, like, shaky through a fence. Because the idea is that the contestants aren't really even aware of the cameras. Uh, So, they need to find the suspect at the shipyard. Yes. And... There's eventually a hint that the suspect may not be a person. Yeah, the suspect is we not a person. We see multiple shots of a dog. No, I want to specify this. They show a boat that says the suspect on it clearly. Then they show a dog. And then I'm positive. <laughs> and then Laura goes, I'd be great at this because I would have went right to that dog. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, they're dumb and looking for people. I would have looked through the dog and, went and like found the suspect. And I was like... Laura, the suspect is clearly a boat. And like, even after I said that, you kind of were like, yeah, but I would have went to the dog. And I was like, yeah, but that's not the game. Yeah, I would have been wrong. (laughs) But it is an objective fact that I would have gone to the dog. Like, I would not have been correct and perhaps would not have been good at the game. Yeah. But there is no disputing. (laughs) You would have have gone to the dog. Um... So they get onto the suspect, and there's two cargo. Yes, yeah, first the first team to get there is uh, Mina and Danielle. Yeah, they they find it first. Delvon and Danielle. Del- Delvon, I'm sorry. I yeah, so say Mina and Danielle are on opposite teams. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I have my notes are a little bit uh, hard to read, uh, but Delvon and, and Danielle find it first, so they have a little bit of a head start. Yes, and they basically find this weird like. It kind of looks like that always sunny Pepe Sylvia, like strings and like madness written on the wall. Yeah. And it says. I mean, the classic murder wall. Yeah. And it says swims with the fishes over and over again. And they eventually find like a pathway down that leads to this thing full of fish and a locked kind of like trap door. Yeah. And a bunch of keys. So they have to swim with the fish. Find the keys, unlock this, and the moment they get in, they get locked inside. Um, our, our other team, uh, Joel and what was the girl's name? I'm sorry, Mina. Joel and Mina uh, find the suspect and immediately are like, "We found the suspect!" And they just kind of hug for a moment. And I'm like, "Oh, dude, now is not the time for this." Joel and Mina hug a lot. They they hug a whole lot. It's adorable. Uh-huh. Um, and so they get in, and the two teams are now facing off, and Joel and Mina catch up astonishingly yes. quickly. I also want to establish that uh, we get, like, a montage of them changing into swim attire. Yeah. Because Fox, or because MTV in this case. Which is like Fox. Which 
I'm going to say, this is the only time, really, that the women are exploited sexually. And I'm a little surprised. The, I would actually argue that there is a bit in the finale. There is a bit in the finale, but, like, when we get to the finale, I'll talk about that a little more. I, I will say, the finale and the first episode have a lot of similarities in how they're constructed. Yes. So, uh, Joel and Mina ultimately succeed. Yes. As the hold has filled up with water... It's getting tighter. Delvon starts to kind of like panic a bit because he's mm. afraid of, he's claustrophobic as we yeah. have established. established. And so Mina and Joel succeed and are able to get themselves out of the cargo hold. Yeah. And this is when we find out the other team dies. Yeah, they get eliminated and the operator calls and says, you haven't found the keys. So you've been eliminated. Goodbye. And he just hangs up. And then there's like a shot of them like, let us out. No. And then you see a shot of the cargo hold overflowing with water, implying yeah. that they have drowned. Yes. So uh, two people have died. Uh, I, I want to stress that at this point, I really don't know what they're doing. Like, yes, there was. they're trying to catch the car bomber. They're trying to catch the mad bomber. And the next place they're going to be... They're trying to find out what his next place is. Right, right. So they find the pig, and Mina correctly guesses that it's Pike Place because of the statue of the pig. Yes. Uh, which is the namesake of my drink, is Pike Place. Yes. And we cut to the operator, and he's already here. Yeah. So we're already kind of creating this weird thing of like, well, why isn't the operator doing anything? Yeah. Like, It's not like they're secret agents, and he's the boss, and he needs them to do stuff. So that, like, the world can be safe. He's actively choosing not to participate in things. Yes. So uh, they they have to figure out who the suspect is based on, like, the pictures Mina has on her phone and what's going on. They figure out who the suspect is. And it's, uh, he kind of looks like one of the guys from Murder in Small Town X, the, like, red herring guy. Yes, he does look like, uh, oh, what was his name? T- Thaddeus? T- Tobias? He looks like Thibodeau. Thibodeau, that's what it is, Thibodeau. We did cut away to look up the name because I couldn't remember it. And I I was not getting anything close. I gave you two names to start with T. I was close. (laughs) You were not close to Thibodeau. Thaddeus, Thibodeau, basically the same. Okay. Anywho, so he looks like Thibodeau uh, because I guess that's what like red herrings and suspects look like. Yes. And they find the bomb in the back of the truck. And what happens next is Mina is cutting the wires and Joel has to coach her through what wires to cut. Yes. And it's Simon. It's a game of Simon. Like there's the 10. The the challenge, Simon, Simon. There's 10 bombs and they're like, all right, first bomb, cut the purple wire. Second bomb, cut purple, cut yellow. Third wire, cut purple, cut yellow, cut brown. And like the main reason they seem to fail, because spoiler, they fail. Yeah. Is uh, the... She's doing the cutting and she doesn't seem to have the grip strength to work the snippers. Yeah, she because a couple times she asks, like, I need you to do this for yes, me. Yes, I need you to help me. I need you to do this. He's like, I can't. We chose the role where I yell colors. Yeah, so it was very, very, uh, it was very hard to yeah. get that to work because she had small hands. Yeah, so then they don't make it. Smoke starts to pour out. We cut to commercial. They come back and they're like, so the bomb wasn't real. It was a decoy, was but you've decoy. lost all your money. But we're not giving you $15,000 now. Yeah. Which, man, 
that sucks. Like a couple levels. Like to promise the audience an explosion. Yeah. And then just give them ah well. It, they clearly didn't really figure out a fail state for the show. Yeah. So they now have to take a monorail to the Space Needle, and they remind them like, oh, make sure you grab the binoculars in the trunk of the uh, in the trunk of the truck. Yeah. Because you're gonna need them. So they get to the, they take the monorail to the Space Needle, and the monorail they have like a little rom com scene. Yes. We're like they're just kind of cute. Yes, I'm gonna like I want to do like a full review of this episode when we're done, and I want to bring this exact moment up. Okay. Uh, before we rush through like the beats of the next episode, but mental note about this moment. And then the operator uh, separates Mina from Joel, calls her, and says like, "You need to get away from Joel for a minute." So Mina walks out. And one of them needs to climb the Space Needle and go out on the rim of the Space Needle. Yes. If Mina does it, they will receive $10,000 as a pair. If Joel does it, he'll receive twenty. Yes. And the operator mentions Joel is afraid of heights. Yeah. So there's this weird moment, and they repeat it in every episode, where the, like, the operator's like, I'll call you back in a minute with your decision. And there's a moment where the 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 person who received the call is just like, well, 20,000 is hot, uh, a much higher number than 10,000, but ooh, what am I going to do? While 10 feet away, or 15 feet away, the partner's going, what's happening? <laughs> Talk to me. Yeah, and Joel sounds like, they sound like that couple that's fighting outside of a party. Yeah. Like, Megan, your jacket. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I'll be right back. Where are you right going? There. Where are you going? Mina, we're supposed to be a team. You need to tell me what's going on. Megan! Leave me alone! It's your jacket, though. No. Megan! Get your jacket, Megan! Oh my God. <laughs> that, like, it, this happens every episode. I'm so glad you didn't bring this up until now. Because <laughs> it would have ruined, I mean... It would have ruined the show. <laughs> so every episode we have to just sit through this. So Mina chooses Joel because it's a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And we get this shot of Joel having a panic attack on the elevator up to the top of the Space Needle while the tour guide does tour guide things. Yeah, like, <sighs> I'm going to travel here 10 miles an hour. Let's go from the 1962 World's Fair. Things to the world at the fair, the microwave oven, and the country. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm not really worried about that right now. But, like, it's this is such an old joke, but it is one of my favorite jokes of running, running, running elevator. Yeah. Like, they do it in the Ninja Turtles movie. Like, this is an old joke, but I love this joke. Uh, they get to the top and they, they do this game where. Uh, now, there's, of course, a harness involved, but Joel is on the rim of the Space Needle, mm-hmm. and there are clues taped to the bottom of the Space Needle, like, out of sight, so he has to, like, blindly reach over to get them. That is why Mina has binoculars, so she could spot them and guide Joel from the ground to where uh, these clues are so he can grab them. 
it's insane what I witness here because it's like him on his hands and knees, like, oh God, oh God, all right, I'm reaching. I don't feel anything, Mina, tell me. And they're using the phone mm-hmm. uh, to, to communicate. He has an earpiece in. Yeah. Just go a little farther. All right, I found them. And there's four of them. And then, like, shaky and nervous, he grabs the fourth one, mm-hmm. stands up. And runs back. And I was like, what happened to scary hands and knees guy? Adrenaline. <laughs> and he, cr- like, he does get back into the Space Needle and everyone who's on there applauds. Yeah, there's a bunch of people just on the observation deck. Like, hey, look at this dude. Weird. <laughs> and during that, Mina is getting up in the elevator because she has to meet him up there. Right. And there's a great shot of her just being on the elevator like, do do do, while the exact same audio plays. Yeah. And we find out that the other partner, in this case Mina, yes. has to climb the spire. Yeah, so to, to specify here, they're looking at these clues. They're all letters. Yes. And they're not enough letters to spell anything. And the operator calls back. He's like, oh, did I forget to mention? Uh, now I'm from Liverpool. And also, the rest of the clues are at the top of the spire. And the other teammate's going to have to go do it. Which is kind of brilliant because, in a way, that means Mina has spared Joel. It's... No, it's not brilliant. It's stupid. (laughs) I hate this because basically had she been like, I don't want to put my partner through this and gone with the 10,000, it would have meant that the partner who was scared of heights would have to do the higher thing. Yeah. So it's kind of like a prank and a trick and they never pull this again. No, they never do. So like if this is what happened every time and it was just like... We were establishing that the operator is a bit of a sadist mm-hmm. and like gives a partner a chance to spare their other partner and then ends up doing something worse to them. Yeah. That would be cool. But that never happens again. So I'm just like, well, what? That made the, the decision that she made meaningless. Yeah. Um, Mina climbs like a champ. Like, Mina yeah. does not have a fear of heights, and she's just like, herp a doop a doop a doop a doop She herp derps up. And then she grabs all the things, and then she goes, it's the gas works! So she figures it out immediately. Yeah, because like, it's an anagram, it just spells gas works. And then they both get down, because now they have to get to the gas works. Mm-hmm. And Joel is like, clearly, the adrenaline wears off, and Joel is unwell in the cab. Yeah, like, oh my god, I could have died. And the cops apprehend the, bu- the bomber. Yes. And then we get the last twist. Yeah, it's like you... Excuse me, the penultimate twist. The penultimate twist, you're right. Only one of them can get the money. Yes, because they've won $35,000. Yes. But only one of you can win it. They've won $20,000. Thirty-five. They they won all the money minus 15. No. They didn't win... They didn't win the, the, the first one. No, they, they didn't. They won the first and the second one, but then they lost $15,000 from not having that. Right. So that's twenty Because they didn't win the $15,000 from disarming the bomb. Right. 20 plus 10 plus 5. Let me... 1 plus 1 plus 2 plus 1. Oh, they did actually get money. I thought they also... I thought the bomb challenge was for $15,000 and it was more of like a gamble. Oh, so you thought they also lost fifteen? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They have. Th- they end up with thirty-five thousand. Um. So 
they each have to answer three questions about everything they've seen or heard while they were here. Yes. Although it's kind of like the ending of Trapped! Yes. Ever after. And if you didn't get that reference, subscribe to our Patreon. Yes. Uh, we do a whole review of that show. Uh, so they're being quizzed about... The names of the other team, yeah. the color of the bombed car. Yes. And they both get those two right. Danielle and Delvon and Maroon, respectively. You got Maroon wrong when we were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I got it wrong. I wasn't apparently paying attention. But I turn to you and I say, they're going to ask him about the height of the Space Needle because the they guy in the elevator twice. said it. And I was like, that's so, that's great. Because, like, that guy was also, like, Joel actually says, like, dude, I'm so not interested in what you have to say right now. So to make that guy important is such a good move. And I guess it imprinted on Joel's brain, though. Yeah. Because Joel does get the question right that it's 520 feet. Yes. And he wins and takes off for the briefcase as Mina stands alone in the park, defeated. Yes. Then Joel gets another call. He can either decide yeah. to keep the money. <laughs> well, I love the, the quote, which is, uh, congratulations, you've won the money, but the game's not over yet. Irish in Liverpool. Very similar accents. Fair. Uh, so he can either choose to keep all of the money or split it with his partner. I'll yep. call you in a minute to... Or I'll have her, her call, call you in a minute. I'm minute. texting her your number. Yeah. So then he, the operator calls uh, Mina, Mina and tells her... Like, he could give you half the money. Uh, call him in a minute to get his decision. Yes. And me, it's now Mina's turn to almost throw up. Yeah. And, like, they're on the phone, because she does call him, and he's, yeah. like, they establish that she would do it for him. Well, like, once again, we get another scene that we see every episode, where it's just winners doing math, where it's like $35,000 is a bigger number than half of $35,000. <laughs> yes. Very uh, good. But she was with me the whole time. But $35,000 a lot of money. Hmm. Like, like, it's the same conversation every time. Yeah. So, she, like, she calls him and they talk about it. And he asks aloud what she would do. And he says, like, she says, like, I would do it for you. And he goes, you know what? I didn't win. We won. We won together. It's our money. Mm -hmm. And she screams, jumps up and down, and then runs to about 15 feet away where he's standing. Yeah. And they embrace. And big then, glomp. Big glomp energy. And they walk off into the sunset together with his arm around her. Yeah. Like. Like, let's be real. He was like, either I could win $35,000 or. I could give half of it to this girl who will totally bone down with me. Because, man, did we have high bone down energy this whole time. Yeah, this is what you wanted to talk about with this episode. <laughs> this is a rom-com. This is such a rom-com. And, like, I, I kind of dig the dynamic. Like, it's very cute. Mm -hmm. um, like, they do really care about one another. They have that um, college welcome week slash summer camp instant like immediate bond like yeah. Shakespearean love at first sight like I have known this person for five minutes but if anything happens to them I'll kill everyone here and then myself 
yes. energy. Yes. Uh, so there, they they win. Uh, so to talk about this episode as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I watched this live. Okay. I, but I only watched this episode. And I hated it. Okay. I absolutely hated it. And to me, it is the pro wrestling paradox. Okay. It is so clearly fake. But of course it is. Everything on television is fake. Don't let that stop you from buying it. Because I remember the first thing I saw when I watched this was... Because, like, if you watched MTV in this era, you watched, like, Jackass and stuff like that. The first thing they show is the bombing, and nobody's faces are blurred. And I'm like, oh, everyone's an actor. Oh, yeah. So, like, immediately I'm taken out of it. Yeah. Now, I shouldn't let that happen to me. And when we watched it here, I actually really enjoyed it this time. Yeah. But cynical 2009 Noah was like, ah, it's it's like I'm the guy that ruins the magic show. Where I'm just like, he's using a mirror. Like, that's who I was in 2009. Where I was just like, see, yeah, these are all actors or else their faces would be blurred. Um, So, like... I mean, I was impressed with the production value in that aspect of they were really... They were using real locations. Yes. And I was like, oh, they'd have to actually get some fairly high clout to film a car chase, to film, like, a car exploding, to film... A guy hanging out of the Space Needle. Like, that's... It's interesting because the show simultaneously looks kind of um, low budge. Yes. But also clearly must have had significant backing. Absolutely. For how they were able to do something like that. And they do a good job of still making it a reality show. Yeah. One of the things I want to point out is... When they're both diving into those tanks looking for keys, mm-hmm. they, they make sure that one is lit in blue and the other is lit in red to yes. establish them as different teams. Yes. And in every episode, every contestant is wearing a solid color that is different from everyone else's. Yeah. It's always like, oh, I'm the girl in the green hoodie and I'm the girl in the purple shirt. Just to kind of, like, establish your brain, like, this is a different person. That's purple girl. This is green girl. Got it. The show is actually also, for the most part, uh, surprisingly racially diverse for a 2009 MTV show. Yeah, I would say so. Like, you know, you have a lot of, like, it isn't just the same jock-looking dude and skinny blonde cheerleader that most MTV shows were consisting of in the late 2000s. Also, like, there's a few reality show tricks that they do very cheaply that I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, Mina at one point goes, oh my god. They use the exact same sound clip of her saying that over and over and over. Yeah. That, that I have a note here. I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> like, like, I get it that you only have so many resources and you're not doing, like, reshoots, but, like... It's the exact same words over and over again. It's already a repetitive show. Uh, also, aggressive product placement for AT&T and LG phones. Yes. Um, and it's it's charming because it's like, honestly, it's one of those things that's retroactively charming. It probably would have been really annoying in 2009. Yeah. But it's like a 
razor looking flip phone. Yeah. So it, there's a weird charm to it watching it 10 years removed. I, I believe it's one of those slide phones where instead of just having a keypad, there was a keyboard. Oh, I had like the chocolate and that was like a big deal. Oh yeah, the chocolate was a huge deal. Uh, so you're dealing with that over and over again and uh, it's a very interesting um, game show. But, as we will get into, uh, there's not enough variety to it. So let's get into the the rest of the episodes. We're going to move through those a little bit quicker. So we have uh, Seattle, and this one, the overarching plot, is that a chemical company is hunting down members of an environmental activist group because they're keeping... They are going to expose a dirty secret from the chemical company. Yes. I have a theory of who's actually behind this. Because this was taking place in Seattle. This had to be no other than that dastardly villain, Rex Velvet. My name is Rex Velvet. The people's villain, if you will. Before you jump to conclusions, let me tell you that I'm a fair negotiator and businessman. But I will not back down from you, Jones. Until this city is rid of you. I had an excuse to play a clip from Rex Velvet, who was my favorite person. <laughs> uh, he was a supervillain in Seattle, and it was my favorite thing. If you have not watched the documentary on uh, Phoenix Jones that I think Atrocity Guy did, it's fantastic. Uh, in any case... Episode 2 is still Seattle. Yeah, we're still in Seattle, and we are helping an environmental group. We, I mean the contestants. Yeah, uh, we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. Uh, and we these, are drinking seltzer and watching this on our couch. Yeah, this chemical company is uh, trying to harass them so that this environmental group doesn't get their message out. Our our pairs here are Christy and Jason and Cassie and Joey. Uh, this I actually the problem of Joey and Jason look kind of similar. You know, we were just talking about the show being a little more diverse. Yeah, this, this, this is this the only episode <laughs> where Jason and Joey are both like dark-haired bro types Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit hard until they join up with their teammates to know which one of them is which right because christy and cassie do not look alike so once they're with the teammates you're like okay he's with christy so he's that one uh they have to find a banner and then they have to get onto a and then they have to uh find their escape route Yes, this game sucks and as, drags a, on. as a worker, as not a worker, as a watcher, because they have to find parts of a banner and put them together. But that's not something that's interesting to watch, nor are they showing us enough to put it together. Yeah. Uh, they end up putting it together and it says, uh, follow our words. Yeah. And there's a bus that's like circling the block that says, get in. And they do not they see do it. They do not see it. They're like, a bookstore, of course. Uh, eventually, they both get on the bus. Uh, and this is something I meant to bring up earlier. This harkens back to that moment I wanted to talk back in the first episode where they're on the monorail. There are these segments where it's very clear that a producer said, talk to each other now. Yeah. And they're, they're just like forced to be like, whoa, this was crazy. So what would you do if we won the money? What do we know? Well, we know there's a huge chemical company and uh, there's a huge fraud happening. What's your plans with the money when we win? When we win? um, (laughs) I'm gonna pay off my school loans. 
How about you? I have a brother who's overweight, slightly obese. You know, he's only 19, and you know, he needs a lot of work. So I want to take care of him. Hopefully, you know, get him healthy again. Yeah. Like it's this very forced conversation that's like clearly being directed. Yeah. And it it kind of sucks, but we do get this wonderful moment of uh, the one guy saying, "When I was a kid, I saw James Bond on the movies, and I." wanted to do that. I wanted to do the secret agent spy stuff. I wanted the big explosions. I wanted to make stuff go boom. I mean, and who, he gets all the cool gadgets, plus he gets the girl every single time. <laughs> I mean, not to like make it sound weird, but you're like money penny, I could be like James. Which is and like she is not into him. This is the opposite of Joel and Mina. They do not like each other. He's into her. She is not into him. And like I'm sorry. If you're a Bond fan, calling the girl Money Penny, and this is like pre-Daniel Craig where we find out more about Money Penny, um, not a move. Yeah, it's kind of like saying you could be tech support. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> on my adventure. Yeah, like she's not even a Bond. Money Penny's not even a Bond girl. There are arguments that Money Penny is more important than any Bond girl because she's actually survives all the movies and always has a relationship with Bond. But it's not the sexy, glamorous role. Yes. Uh, like, you could have called her Honey Rider or Jinx or uh, Christmas Jones or uh, the one from Goldeneye, which is my favorite Bond movie, but I can't remember her name. A lot of vagina. That's Austin Powers. <laughs> yep, sure is. Um, I've gone a hump a lot. <laughs> also Austin Powers. I've never seen a James Bond movie. <laughs> That's so weird. So Cassie wants to pay her student loans, but uh, Joey's brother is fat and Joey wants to help him. It's what is this? Like, Joey is constantly like, my brother's 19 and real fat, so he needs $25,000. Well, they also mentioned that Joey himself used to be overweight. Yeah. So it's clearly like Joey projecting his issues yeah. Real hard. Well, he's the middle child. His older brother had one fear factor, which is why he's not fat. So now he's got to go on the phone so that his younger brother won't be fat. Wait, no. is that true? No, of okay. course not. This is all so stupid. Like, it's a very weird conversation of, like, him publicly fat shaming his brother. Yeah. <laughs> um. Like... To the point where... Uh, if I was his brother, I'd punch him later. Like, I kind of feel like it's a prank. Like, if I went on a reality show and was like, what would you do with the money? I was like, my sister's really ugly. And we gotta fix all that. Like, like I'm just being a dick. And I'm almost wondering, like, um, it'd be like you going on and being like, my sister's fat. Because <laughs> your sister is as far from... Like, your sister is very thin. Yes. So it... It almost feels like a family joke. Yeah, that's what I think. Like, like it was like, oh, what would I would do with the movie? Plastic surgery for my ugly ass sister. <laughs> it's like, why would you say that on television? Uh, I'm gonna apply to a game show, and that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> my sister's really ugly. <laughs> the thing with your sister is that she would volunteer to do an interview with a bag over her head because she would think it was funny. I, ha I have some other coals in the fire of other shows that are going to be coming out soon, so trust me, this is happening. In any case... Oh, God. Uh, um, so, 
they get into these, each team gets into a small charter plane. Yes. And at first it's a little misleading because you're like, these idiots aren't flying the planes, right? No, and then we see that they're not. not. Mm-hmm. They need to decipher a conversation and locate the headquarters for yes. the environmental group. So they somehow hack into a cell phone to this boss who is in a, a, a limousine. And I think what we were supposed to gather is they are talking in code about yeah. this place. And they need to interpret the clues that they get. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going anywhere near the airport. We need to show these kids what's up. It's like the $1 bill. And using these clues, they look at a map to determine where the next thing is. And uh, the team that gets it first will move on and get $15,000 or $10,000, an amount of money. And the other team will be eliminated. So, the this upset me so much. Okay. Because, like, it was so unclear what the game was. Yes. And they, like, never really show us the map so we can figure it out. No. And they just start blindly guessing. And anytime they guess, they're like, I'm texting uh, George Washington Park. You ain't texting shit. Like, that was their way of answering. Yeah. So that, like, they could get it recorded and stuff like that. They, it was actually Washington University. University of Washington. University of Washington. I'm a dyslexic individual. I'm sorry. Oh, I just uh, know, but I know, like, there's probably also a Washington University. Uh, the other team that doesn't get it... Jason and Christy. Jason and Christy. Their plane just goes down for no reason. <laughs> And the sea lions are inconvenient. They upset sea... Like, they show, like, the plane smoke and go down, and then it's them screaming on a plane, and then the plane goes close to the water, and then upset sea lions. Screw this show. They are adorable sea puppies, and they are not to be trifled with. To be fair, they don't look that upset. They look mildly inconvenienced. How dare they be mildly inconvenienced? (laughs) They're, they might be mildly inconvenienced, but they're extremely adorable, and they don't deserve this. Justin Timberlake, you answer for your crimes against the sea life. Also answer for your crimes against Britney Spears. Yeah, as well. Yeah. but Just in general. Sea lions for our show. Also answer for the song from Trolls. We need answers, Justin. It's a good song. Anyway, sea lions. Also good. <laughs> Uh, our surviving team. Cassie and Joey. Cassie and Joey. Then, uh, oh. They're now en route to the uh, the Seahawks Stadium for the last couple of challenges. Oh, they have to do the rope challenge, damn it. Yeah, this is the most frustrating thing in the world to me. This I, was so hard to follow. I'm going to go off. Here okay. we go. Good. All right. I couldn't follow this one. So you're, you're they fine. end up, uh, like, they get a picture and they're like, based off of this picture. Tell us where this picture was taken. Mm -hmm. So they put that together and they end up in this room and they're like, they were going to hang a banner using the rope in this room. They needed a certain length of rope depending on which location they were going to. Untangle this rope in five minutes and tell me uh, what location it was. And you see the one guy, he takes a ruler and he's like, okay, one. 
and like folds it over and then folds it over again and then it's a knot. Just so you know, the four lengths on the or the three lengths on uh, the wall are in the five hundreds. They have a ruler, five minutes, and a knotted rope. This is an impossible task that's not only impossible, not fun to watch two people attempt. Nope. Like, go watch your dad attempt to string up the Christmas lights. Tell me how much fun you have. That's what this is. Counterpoint. You ever watch your dad put up the Christmas lights? Entertaining. <laughs> this is such a Watching stupid Noah's challenge. dad put up Christmas lights is more entertaining than this. This is the biggest flaw in this show. Yeah. Because they do this back to back where it is a mental puzzle that is not physically strenuous or fun to watch them do, nor is it something I can solve. It would have been so much better going back to the previous challenge if while we heard the clues being said, they put the map on screen so I could play along... And try to figure it out. And it would either be a situation where I'm like, I'm so much smarter than these kids. Or, these kids are smart. They figured out something I couldn't. Everything is so far removed from me. That like, it's almost like I'm hearing it being told as a story at a party. Yeah. So like, then I had to do this and then I did it. Ugh. Like, this is not what I want for my TV show. Right. They end up having to go to the Seahawks stadium. (laughs) Yes. Uh, they, they correctly guess. Like, they, they decide it's impossible. They guess. They end up being correct. They get $15,000 that they don't deserve. Uh, and once again, we get this challenge of step away from your partner. Uh, I'll give you $10,000 if you rappel down from the stadium and unveil this banner that's been hung up. Yeah. But I'll give you $20,000 if your partner does it. But there's none of this your partner's afraid of heights stuff. No. So there's no reason why. Erin is her name? Uh, no, Cassie. 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 Uh, it's more valuable for Cassie to do it. He decides to make Cassie do it. And Cassie is super game. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, let's do it so I, we get more money. But on the way there, she's lit him up. For not doing enough. Now, dude, this is it. You just have to step it up and give it everything we got. We don't have another chance at this one. I think right now, I mean, you're, you're leaving me in the dust and all the running that we're doing. You're kicking your butt in that. But, I mean, we just need to both be thinking through and problem solving a little bit more. So you're trying to say you're pulling all the way here, or? Not exactly, but in all fairness, I did solve the riddle. Yeah, for, for bringing the team down. Yeah, it's like, so on the way, we've already established that, like, she feels like she's carrying the team, and that's really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. So, um, and now I'm looking at it and realizing that I have a note that Cassie is spelled Casey. Um, oh, that might be why I was confused. So, it's spelled Cassie because I was using the uh, thing at the beginning, but it's Casey. That's why, that's why it makes sense that I thought her name was Erin. Um, so, there's a point, in a counterpoint to Joel... And Mina, where Mina is comforting Joel the entire time he's on the Space Needle. Like, she's guiding him to find the clues, but she's also like, you got this, you're okay, everything's fine, we're we're gonna get through this, you just need to get a little further, okay, outer ring. Like, she's comforting him. At one point, Casey is 
she's comforting Joey, despite yeah. the fact that she is in the air and yeah. he is on she, the ground. She is suspended in the air, but she's not close enough to undo the banner. So Joey has to grab the rope that she's attached to and swing it back and forth so that she can swing and grab this thing. Yeah. Uh, they do it with like two seconds left on the clock, which I'm not sure if you noticed, every single team that succeeds, succeeds with only like five seconds left. Oh, the timer. the timer is bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's an amazing scene of, <laughs> she pulls it and this banner comes out that says like, the chemical company is poisoning the Seattle water supply. And there's that banner in the background as they go, Yay! <laughs> yeah, we did it! They're poisoning our water! <laughs> Hooray! So the- then we get the standard, only one of you can get it. Yes. Casey, it's not even it. close. Crushes it. And because... She's been paying attention the whole time. She's been carrying the team. Joey sucks. And she handily wins the money, and then she gets to make the decision. Yeah. Like, you know, do you want all the money that you earned? I think it was like $45,000? Yeah, they... Uh, no, because they didn't get the rope. No, they did no, get the rope. No, she does actually... They, they had the full amount. They had the full amount. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fifty k, And... Uh, Joey calls and was like, hey, it's your decision, you know, but I think we work together as a team. And she's like, yeah, I think I'm going to keep the money. That, like, I want to help. Like, I know you have good things to do with this money. Like, I think about your brother and I think about all your goals and stuff. But I just, I have to be, I have to be selfish for one moment in my life. And I have got to take this money. I'm so sorry. Bye. Bye. And she just kind of walks off and Joey collapses on the field of the Seattle Seahawks on the 50-yard line and goes, sorry, brother. And I was like, I still don't know what you're going to do with this money to get him healthy. Like, it, it's one of the, the weirdest things in this show. It's also like a weird gender dynamic because I don't know that it would be... Like, the way the power dynamic is in this show, like, there's something kind of funny to her leaving him there that I'm like, would it be funny if he did this to her? But it's also hard because she carried the team so hard that, like, if he won on what is technically a technicality of, like, I answered three questions better, even though you did all the hard stuff. Yes. Uh, So I will say at, at this point, after watching the first episode, I'm like, this show is great. After watching the second episode, I hated this show again. Yeah, this show was not, not great. Editor Noah here. We certainly did not expect this, but when we recorded this episode, it went two hours. We did not expect us to have two hours on the phone. We actually talked about how this was going to be a short episode. But no, we talked for two hours about the phone. So we're going to cut it off right here around the one hour mark. A few things I want to clear up or include because there's actually stuff I forgot to say. One, this show reminds me of a fantastic, and by fantastic, I mean pretty bad, but wonderful horror movie called 13 Dead in the Game. I believe it's a 
Dutch movie. It's I know it's subtitled, but it is about a person who receives a mysterious phone call and has to do 13 tasks to win money. That movie, it's not meant to be funny, but it's really, really funny. So if you're interested, don't watch the remake that has Ron Perlman in it. It's not as good. Uh, also, I just wanted to say that uh, we have our poll closed for our next crowdfund crypt episode, which will be a reality show tier list. We are going to be ranking the hosts of all the reality shows we reviewed here on Stay Doomed. And if you would like to weigh in on things like that or hear that episode, be sure to join the Patreon and become a patron. You get to hang out with us in the discord and talk about lots of fun stuff thank you to matthew our crowdfund crypt keeper also for uh helping keep the lights on lastly new rule you know how we have the game over rule which is a rule that we can't give something a stay tuned if we want to change it a lot that's a a rule that we had to include because of the way we review things we're adding a new rule this is called the itunes rule if a show is available only through iTunes, we will not be covering it because iTunes was abysmal to use. It was hard to get clips out of it. It took me literally an hour so we could watch the show. So I hate iTunes. So in protest, this will be the one and only iTunes show that we will be doing. Just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to reach out to us, Reach out at the Stay Doom Show at gmail.com or you can check out us on Twitter at Stay Doomed. If you want to talk to me, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you want to talk to Lara, she's at Sprocket League. And until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>